This is the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our mission is to connect people to the outdoors, to each other, and to themselves. I'm your host, Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. And I'm Ben Brandell, your fellow adventurer and outdoor expert. We're here to tell stories, share our experiences, and be your friends as we seek to deepen our relationship with God the Creator. Every episode, we'll share stories and practical tips to enhance your outdoor experiences, whether it's hiking, hunting, fishing, or simply finding a quiet spot to listen to God. We've got you covered. So whether you're a seasoned outdoorsman or just getting started, the Men to Be Outdoors podcast is here to help you be more confident and confident. Subscribe now and let's make every outdoor moment count. And welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing what it means to be a Christian outdoorsman. I would say if there are, uh, there's a lot of things in our lives, but if there, if we were to make a list of the most important things, Christian and outdoorsman, they'd definitely probably be in our top five. Uh, those are two things that we are very passionate about. Um, and we think that they should be connected together, especially if you are somebody that has both of those things in your life. And we want to discuss what we believe that really looks like today. But before we do, we need to give thanks. I'm thankful for you, Brian. Thanks for, uh, man, the multiple years we've been doing this. Mm. Um, you know, our our journey started long before meant to be. And uh, truly thankful for our friendship. And um, I don't think there's really ever going to be anything that ever really tears that down or um, – can ever squash it so um yeah thanks man yeah thank you i hope not and i appreciate that and uh yeah we've been friends i think for whew, 11 probably about 15 years now and and kind of a funny story and some people listening and, and watching will know this you and i knew of each other right before we were friends you are uh four years ahead of me yeah, I'm three, smart. <laughs> you're three years older than me, but you are four years ahead of me right. in school. So you graduated high school before I got into high school, even though we went to the same small town high school with less than 200 people where everybody knows everybody. You and I never really got acquainted. I was closer to your age with your little sister, um, but we began working together at Lambert's Cafe. Mm-hmm. And really, because of our faith, and our passion for the outdoors, that is where our friendship started. And here we are all of these years later. And my goodness, if we wrote a book of all our adventures and stories from working together at other places, uh, fishing yeah. tournaments together, yeah. hiking, camping, hunting, it'd be a pretty interesting book. I don't know that there'd be any flow to it or any overall theme. No one would buy it either. Nobody no, would no buy it either. either. <laughs> uh, but it would be funny for us to sit down and, and review all those stories. But yeah, friendship is a, is a great thing, and I'm thankful for a close friend like you as well. You know, you've probably already wondered, what in the world is wrong with Brian's voice? It's always been weird, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing it? I don't have much. Oh, a, you're talking about the hoarseness. The hoarseness. Oh, okay. The okay. toad in my throat. Um I sound different than I usually sound. Um, That may be a good thing. I don't know. However, um, it isn't probably what you're thinking it is from. Most people get sick or illness, and they sound like this. I lost my voice. I'll be really honest and telling the truth, 100% how I lost my voice. I was so upset and mad at life, at God, that I got in my truck and I drove and I screamed at him, at the windshield. 
I just screamed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure what I said, but I blew my voice out. That's how much I screamed. I can only think of a, one or two other times in my whole life that I've ever kind of been to that point. Um, and as you're listening or watching this, you have probably been there or are there right now. And if you're not, if you haven't been, you probably will be at some point. If not, then I want to know your secret. Give me a call and let yeah, me know your please. secret, how to avoid yeah. that. Yeah. Um, what I'm thankful for, though, with that being said, is that I do have this realization, and I think everyone has this realization, whether you are a Christ follower or whether you deny Christ, that this life, it isn't all roses and, and baskets of fruit and candy. Like, this life, it really sucks sometimes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, It really tough. sucks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there isn't really any promise or reassurance that you can get that it isn't going to stop sucking. That's that's the most hardful. That's the most difficult aspect for me within Christianity is that some people will share. And we're talking about Christian outdoorsmen today, and then that's why we're talking about Christ here. And, you know, some Christians will tell you that uh, with life, um, in life with Jesus, this life is easier. And uh, that is not true for me. Um, it's not easier, not at all easier. And then they go on to tell you, like, the more you do for Christ, the more you will fulfill, fulfill, and rewarded. Um, and that every day, that, that isn't a daily, like, what we have to remember, though, Ben, is it's for His glory, yeah, not that's, yours, not that's ours. That's the point, right? That's where everyone, um, everyone in my upbringing, in regards to, I'll just say, pastors and even some some other Christian men in my life, um, they never really shared with me this understanding that it's all for God's glory. I mean, even the days that it sucks, even the days you blow your voice out yelling at your windshield. Yeah, I mean. God forbids uh, a, a death of a family member, no matter what age, young to old, like it's all for his glory. And that's really hard to, to like get excited, right. <laughs> like to wake up every day saying it's for his glory. It is true and we should, but it's really hard to get up because if, if I have to die to myself every day being a part of his glory, um, you might as well be dead. Like that's that's but how it feels at times. The truth that comes with of what you're saying is what I'm thankful for today. There wasn't death before Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. There wasn't before the first sin. And there is promise to not be death again. And we, we are given all this time. I say we, and that's everybody that has lived on this earth is living now and will live before Jesus' return, whenever that may be. Whenever. We are given this time. He has given us a chance to come to him for his blood, to cover. Let's face it, we have caused some suck in other people's lives. Yeah. but w- We've but, caused some stink in our own. Yeah, but you're talking He's to people. He's covering that up. You're talking to people that aren't saved. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, you need Jesus. And this is what we're talking about, of, of not dying right. uh, you, in your sins. Not dying in your sins. But what I am so thankful for that, no matter what evil, no matter someone's sin against you, no matter what sin, no matter what hole you've dug into, no matter where you're at, there is a truth that is unchanging, and that is what I'm thankful for today. So whether you're at a place in your life where you're screaming at your windshield and you don't have a voice anymore, or whether you're crying in your closet and you don't even want to get up in the morning, if you have put your faith in Jesus, if he comes back tonight or in the morning 
or you die tonight or in the morning, you are going to a place where there is no more suck. There is no more pain. There's no more crying. There's no more screaming at your windshield. You're going to heaven. And his promise is that it is perfect and that we will be in so much awe of him, the creator, the son who died on the cross. We will never worry about all the stuff we worry about again. And I am so thankful for that promise, so thankful for the gospel, so thankful that I have the cross to come back to when I feel like I do this week. Yeah. I mean, just to be more encouraging than I have been, um, the first encouragement piece is that know that, that every day is going to be difficult. It isn't roses. It isn't supposed to be, and it's probably not going to be. There may be some people that are, are what you may identify as like blessed beyond belief where they have all the things that you perhaps want. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's all for his glory whether you have it or not. And once you begin to truly swallow that and understand that, um, that's where the real work begins because um, it isn't fun. It isn't fun to go through it. Um, but it's it's a part of the process, I believe. It'll strip you of what's really important. It'll strip you. Um, it humbles you. And to be honest with you, like, I know Brian and I have been at, at multiple points within the last two years of, like, what is the point of all this? Like, what is the point? And we have to come back to Jesus Um but I don't want anyone to say, well, you know what, Ben? Ben made me feel like this way. I just want to share with you, even when you're following Jesus, he may feel distant, silent. Um, even if he is, it doesn't matter. It's for his glory. And when you can truly swallow that and begin to live that life, um, that is a servant, submissive life to the authority. And it doesn't matter what he does to you or does not do to you. We should serve him, and that's truth, and that's that's really hard for people to grasp because I have been told a lot throughout my life that Jesus makes this life better. And when I take that in and I process that, I'm thinking, well, when I wake up, I'm going to be smiling. I'm going to be loving what I'm doing. I'm going to be going and having fun. That was my idea of making my day better, and I'm here to tell you guys, well, it isn't currently my truth in regards to thinking I'm going to get all these things and be able to go do all this stuff. Like, that isn't how you serve the holy God. Like it's not. It's it's a surrender. We we as as humans and as as sinners, we are so prone to make ourselves our God. So we get this idea. We make our own God, our own self idea of what better is, of waking up with a smile and, and happy. And when we when those expectations, our own expectations aren't met. It is. It's hard to swallow. Um, but my last few groups I've been into with, from Sunday school to other groups we've met, most people are feeling anxiety, depression, doubt, dread. They're, they're hating life. And it is becoming worse and worse and worse. I'm not talking about just for me and you wrapped in this room. I'm talking about as a society, you have so many people that are... Suicide rates through suicide the Suicide rates are going out the roof. Like Depression rates through the roof. Yeah. And we have more things than we've ever had in our entire life. And that's my point. We can have more, 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 but it doesn't fill that hole. And I've been lied to most of my life saying that Jesus is the answer to making your life feel good. And like the whole process we've talked about before, it is it is a submission to a deity that is all-knowing and all-loving. No matter what he gives you or takes away. Like if he takes everything away from you, your family, all your toys, all your crap, that should be good enough. And that is what's hard to swallow because we're not taught that. 
And when we do come uh, against difficulty, what do you do with it? Yeah. What do you do with it? Because it's really hard to swallow. So you have to keep pushing through knowing that he is your salvation and he can take or he can give. And that's good enough. That's hard. That's hard. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, because it is such good news, it not that it should be good enough. It is good enough because the other side of that is complete separation in hell for eternity. Yeah. And, and when you look at the continuum of the universe, of existence, God was present before sin. You had Adam and Eve. God was with them in the garden. In the outdoors. In the outdoors. Yep. And then sin happened and removed himself. Jesus came, died, sent the helper. So right now we have the presence of good and evil. We have both right now. We are not completely separated from God. Praise him for that. Yeah. But there will come a time upon Jesus' return that there will be a separation of good and evil. And that will be for eternity. There will be no change after that because that is a promise that he's made. And he doesn't change his promises. He never has. He never will. I don't want to be separated from him forever. Can no. you? Nobody has I, ever. I'm, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> as evil as this world is, nobody has ever experienced that is on this planet right now complete separation from God, even if they've denied him. Because they're still in a world where he's still present with his Holy Spirit. No one wants to, nor do I want any of the 7.8 billion people on this earth to experience complete separation from right. him. And it's that too late hell. then. There's yeah. no options after that. Yep. So I guess if you're hearing this and you've never given your life or you've walked away, consider the consequences. And this isn't trying to scare you. It's more pointing to the good news. You don't you don't have to receive the consequences because somebody else paid for your sin. Somebody else paid for your bad. They paid the fine that you deserve. And all you have to do is say, thank you. I accept and I appreciate that you did that and worship that king, that God, Jesus Christ. And you will never be submitted to eternal damnation, eternal separation. Um, and, and so that is, that news I don't want to say it should be good enough. It is enough. It is it enough. It is enough. It is, yeah. It is finished is what it were his last words. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, and I find truth in that. He has given me and you a passion for the outdoors. Mm-hmm. I, a big part of my faith, a big part of my passion is the connection of when I go to the outdoors and I study and I observe creation, I kind of get this like, I'm going to call it awe factor. Like, who in the world could have thought of that? Mm -hmm. Who in the world could have thought of these mutualistic relationships that that had to have (laughs) this pollinator for this flower to exist? Who could have thought just to make, uh, if you go look at a lichen, how beautiful a lichen is. There's so much in nature that if you really stop and you think, what is its role? What's it look like? What's it smell like? What does it do? And you start answering all those questions, you really kind of get this like, oh my gosh. But I'm going to interject. But that's that's if you know the information. And that's what I think, that's what's so difficult with people in the outdoors. Um, there's a lot of people that are going to go out and be like, man, it's hot. Uh, the butterfly, well, that's cool. 
uh, what is that growing on the tree? But it's really hard to obtain the knowledge because they can't even think like what is lichen. They don't even know the name lichen. They may know it's a butterfly, but what type? How do you capture? That was a kind of a pinkish, purple, greenish butterfly. And you try to go to Google. That's why the more that you and I have spent outdoors and the more that we stop and try to take it in, we have to study it and learn it. But the more that you do, the more appreciation you'll have because now you have awareness to what it is. Most people probably, when they go out for an hour or two in the outdoors, they probably didn't even realize that greenish color on the tree isn't even the tree. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's what some, some people, I, I wouldn't say most, but maybe some, sure. Most, right, right. But why I'm saying that is that the awareness aspect is what I like to drive home in the outdoors. When I'm talking about Christian outdoorsmen, whether you know the lichen or know the bird, there is still something that that happens when you start walking through there because you don't you won't have all the knowledge to the information that you see around you that's kind of been a life uh that's been like a way that brian and i live as outdoorsmen it's not something that uh i wish it just but we just had it i love when you do see something that you have no knowledge of and that spurs you on to go figure out okay i saw this red jelly thing on this log <laughs> yeah and i saw squirrels eating it yeah what is it and now i'm making i'm making it up but then you go back and you find out that when squirrels are sick they eat this jelly fungus do they really do that no no <laughs> i'm, I'm that just up. making it up but that, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you go out and you make observations and your curiosity builds and you grow and then you can go learn about it and my awe grows for the creator i think every time that i go in the outdoors yeah, mine's fishing. Sorry, I'm going to fix my mic here real quick. Mine's that fishing, which you and I have been fishing for many, many years. And uh, yeah, How fishing, was that last fishing? Fishing guy? has changed, man. <laughs> it's just changed. Just Even the – I'll just say the fish behavior has changed. And uh, <laughs> yeah, if you had never fished Tabor Rock 20 years ago and you just started fishing now, you'd have been like, man, this fishery is just really crappy. So yeah. Um, but that's that's what's so important about the outdoors is that. But even, it takes but it takes bigger weights than ever to win a tournament now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Twenty that's twenty one and a half or twenty two pounds won the little thirty boat Sunday nighter over at Cape Fair. Yeah, but for me that that just getting to go fish, um, you know, you and I don't have the updated. We don't have all the new technology, and I still find joy in just flipping that bait in by a tree, and not knowing if there's a fish there by it or not. Just, just that guess. There's, it's kind of freeing for me. You know, something that you and I, we keep saying awe. I think we were like, oh, I think we said that multiple times. You and I went fishing last week, uh, first time out on the lake this year. Uh, we did not get a single bite in five, six hours. I don't know no, between the two of us, not a single bite. Yeah, we fished half a day and didn't didn't get a bite. But the period. water was crystal clear, was really 10, pretty. 12 foot visibility. Mm-hmm. The lake is a little bit low. I'm going to say two or three foot below normal winter pool. Um, and we're fishing in some areas that we have fished for years. Uh, but because of the water clarity and the low water, you could really see into the water, maybe the lighting conditions of the day too. And we were seeing all this, all these trees and timber and structure that we had never, ever seen before. It was like a whole world was opened up down there. And we kept kind of saying like, oh, man, like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was there or no wonder we used to catch fish here all the time because this is here. But n- no real like, 
I guess we're gaining knowledge of location and structure, but no, no overwhelming scientific data or knowledge, but going to places we've been a lot of times and learning it more and learning it better, we were still like, it was really beautiful and more impressive than we even thought it was before. And all we did was just go be there. Yeah. We didn't do we didn't do any deep diving. We didn't go scuba diving. We we just went and we were out there. And that was the point I was trying to make. We were appreciating it more. With that lichen, like they may not even know to even think about lichen or what they're even looking at when they see it. However, there is that just like you talked about of us experiencing the same place and learning more about it um, without having all the information. You know, I don't know all the different grasses, but um, definitely got to see got to see this area of the lake with it being much more clear. It helped me to put in perspective that when in spring, when the lake comes up another oh, uh, six more feet, seven more feet, yeah. there were trees that were there that I had no idea about because I'd never been there when it was that low, even though we have fished this spot 30, 40 times. Mm-hmm. Like, so there is more to take in. However, I don't know what species those trees were underwater. I don't even know if there's even any fish by them because I don't have the technology, but there is always something to be learned and gained. Well, if there um, were, they didn't bite our lures that we threw by. <laughs> it's true. I threw all kinds. Spoon, everything, yeah. uh, jig, everything. It was rough. It was a rough day. But even though it was a terrible day in regards to catching fish because we, we didn't even get a single bite. Um, we weren't mad. I wasn't mad. No. I wasn't mad. I think the awareness piece for me of, of you, what? Can I tell one on you? Yeah, tell it. You were mad at one point that day at yourself. Yeah, what what I do? So I when I we remember. first got put the boat in the water, the boat wouldn't start. Oh, and what we realized was that the cranking battery. Yeah. So it uh, first of the year, first first time out of the year, yep. the boat's been been winterized, been on the charger, get it back out. But batteries are like two or three years old, which depending on how you maintain them and what kind of battery it is. Kinda. Don't buy. I'm gonna say this right now. Do not buy a battery from Bass Pro. I'm gonna share why. Basically, uh, they don't just do like three year warranty. Each year that goes by, they do like half and half and half. Yeah. And half. So like and knock a little off there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna get anything by taking it back to them. I should have bought one better battery somewhere else. Right. Um, Moving forward, though. Anyway, cranking battery is bad. Boat wouldn't, boat wouldn't start. Barely even. Did it even turn the starter when you first? Hit the yeah, key? it did. Yeah, it went a just couple cranks, but a couple cranks. So and that was cold, it. no gas. And he yeah. kind of looked at me and I said, sounds like a bad battery. He said, yeah. And there are two other batteries in the boat that are provide two other 12-volt batteries that have a jumper that combine. They push the 24 volts for the trolling motor up mm-hmm. front. And so Ben ran to the truck to get jumper cables to pull power from the trolling motor batteries to the cranking battery so that we could get the boat to start and, and, and go fish and, and get the boat. And, and when, it, when we did that, it worked and ran. However, at first... There's a your cable running to your battery negative. Yep, you have a negative has a little red on it. Yep, yeah, and true. typically red represents positive. <laughs> positive, yes, correct. And so, yeah. just and I'll say without really thinking, just just inherently from experience, you just real click glance saw red, and you reach down, you threw that red on that negative, and I hear pop, and I look, and I see a shower of sparks and metal. And your face looking over your shoulder like, what just happened? Like one of the coolest ferro rods ever. <laughs> <laughs> Through the biggest spark. He, he had crossed 
the jumper cables on the wrong poles of that battery by accident, and you were mad at yourself. Uh, it damaged a little bit of something, but thankfully, you're right next to the gas tank. We didn't explode. Didn't explode. Uh, yeah. The few little pieces that flew into the lake, Right. Uh, that's nothing compared to the lures that we left back in the lake later that day breaking sure. off. Sure. Uh, but you were you were a little upset at yourself. How could I do that? How could I not be that observant? But a good a good day out on the water. I and I'll say a good day on the water. I won't say fishing because it was nice to be on the water, but fishing was bad. Kind of erased that anger at yourself, and you figured out what was wrong with your boat, and it still ran good. Yeah, so. I did. We got all that going. I mean, I think it's a good metaphor for like what's your guide in your life, like. I should have looked at the battery and found the actual positive and the negative symbols above the terminal posts. Um, I should have looked. But Did it zap you? Did you get shocked? No, I didn't. I mean, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> Your face was like, oh, well, my God. The spark that it threw, which here's my thought. I had on my Gore-Tex uh, bibs, which are my favorite thing that I probably own. Um, <laughs> I really do. And when that spark went off, that was the first thing that entered my mind is I just ruined my bibs. Yeah. And I had like $700. I probably wouldn't have. There's not a lot that would get me upset. And most times I can usually just work through it, fight through it, let it all go. If I had melted my bibs because of how expensive they are and how broke I am to go, I can't buy another pair like that. Dude, I would have, I'd have (laughs) lost, I'd have lost. And that's where the shock came from because I really thought that all that had landed in my lap. Yeah. So once I realized and kind of did that check of like, oh, my bibs are okay, that's when I was like, what just really happened? Why did I just do that? But you didn't I didn't even say anything. You just looked around like, <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was in shock. You know, I mean, no pun, no intended. pun. But I, like I said, I, I allowed these wires that were different couples, I allowed them to guide my actions when they were wrong. And, uh, and that's what I hope. I, I hope to never um, share. Anything in a way that um, that is wrong. I really hope that we continue to share truth within our podcast. And even if one day when the podcast, if we move on from that one day, no matter if we're teaching or we're around people, I hope to share that truth. Because when you don't get the truth and you follow down this road that isn't grounded in God and in truth, um, it is so hard to flip back from that sometimes. Like... Like, even when you find, you know, you and I have, I think we've done, I'm going to say 25 myth outdoor podcasts. All right, now I'm, I'm putting them up on YouTube, um, so check them out. But it's it's these myths of the outdoors. Um, here's one, for example. Uh, most people probably in America have never caught a perch. They're mostly sunfish or bluegill, um, but everyone calls them perch. I mean, they're just turkeys can fly. Like, there are a lot of myths that we've shared, and when you... When you wake up to this, a bison is not a buffalo. Yeah, there's, a crow is not a raven. There's just so there's many. There's a long list of them. Um, check them all out. I'm I'm getting them up slowly but surely. But it's really hard to come back from. It's hard to reroute your brain to remember. It's we don't have a such thing as a possum here. In the I United. still say possum. Brian still says possum instead of opossum. Like I'm a, it really I'm a biologist, Dad. Go ahead. I know. I still say it wrong. And so I really am like I I, I just really hope that we continue to share truth and and you know growing up well i want to be more clear that um I mean, like i said ray comfort gives a really 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 awesome example about what people are sharing today which isn't the gospel message and it's this you put jesus on and and it makes your your day feel good and i have been taught that i've heard that 
probably more than the gospel message. And it's really hard to get my mind out of that and wrapped around God's truth. Like Ray talks about two men on the airplane and someone coming up to the one man and say, hey, put this parachute on. It'll make your ride better. And so when they put that on, well, I did. Like I put it on thinking it's going to make my day better. And I realized that as I began to talk about how awesome the parachute is and how I truly live for the parachute, it becomes to get uncomfortable wearing it around. You want to take the thing off. People make fun of you when you're wearing a parachute on a plane too. And so at some point you want to like take, take that off. I don't need this parachute anymore. And then you have another guy that says, put this parachute on so that when or if the plane goes down, you'll be safe. That person that understands you're wearing the parachute for the end, for when it all goes down, like when it's over, that to me, like, is the gospel message. It's the real thing. That's the real deal. Because you don't want to take it off. You don't want to let it go. And it doesn't matter who says what to you about it. But it doesn't make life easier. And that's that's really what I'm trying to share here. As a Christian outdoorsman, you may be in a survival situation, like, you may be wanting to go hike out in the middle of the wilderness and you get lost or you get hurt and you can look up the hundreds of stories of people that have, have got screwed up out, out in the outdoors. It doesn't just because you have salvation and you're living for Christ doesn't make that day easier. When you're when your legs half eaten off by a bear and you're dragging it through the woods, it doesn't make it easier, but it, it does give you hope for knowing that you are saved in him. And that's that's what I'm trying to share here. I don't want to ever, ever give anyone a false false message that when you give your life to Christ, your, your, your life is going to be easy. It's going to be smooth. It's going to feel good every yeah. day. And that's hopefully as clear as I can make it. doesn't mean you're going to be rich. You're not, yeah, it doesn't mean you're – you could be rich, but in the moment that you're rich, you're going to have just as much crap to deal with because you're rich. Probably there's, more. There's yeah. more. So, Probably more. I hope that I'm sharing that even clearer than I tried to in the beginning because I have been taught that when you give your life to Christ, man, it is going to feel good. You are going to be clapping and joy, you know, and that's like, man, there are days that you won't. Days will be terrible. But Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. And I hope Amen. that I hope that makes as clear as I can make it. I do need to call you out. Uh-oh, call it. You said a word. I, I I don't even know if I should justify it by calling it a word. You said something. What's that? You said clearly. I can't even say it. Clearly, Lur. Did I clearly? Lure? I think you were looking for a more clearly. Oh, not clearly, Lur. How'd you even say that? Just rolled right off. Your I tongue. didn't even know I even said it. <laughs> no, it was good though. Give, good. Give good. me some daps on on rolling clearly or off right off the tongue like it was no big deal. That's it, man. Um, let me ask you this. That was the Holy Spirit, by the way. The Holy Spirit. Okay. Speaking in tongue. Let me ask you this. As a Christian outdoorsman, there is something that probably get a couple things I want to discuss that, that I would say are my top two things that get under my skin more than anything. But the first is this. When I see people, I don't even know if they're Christian or if they're not, but I know I have seen people who profess Jesus not take care of the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Whether it be poaching animals 
whether it be being so blessed that they own land and lots of land, but they don't take care of it. Invasive species all over it, completely decimating it for money. You see it over and over and over again. I think as Christian outdoorsmen, it is so important to understand that we are stewards and that the outdoors, that nature, that all of creation is a gift, that the things that you have, the material things that you have to go enjoy it from the good clothes. I mean, we have so many things that make enjoying time outdoors easier and better. Yeah, comfortable. Shoes, better shoes, better clothes, electric bikes to go. I mean, we have so many things. Wait till we get hoverboards, though, and we don't really have to walk or engage. (laughs) We can just float over stuff. My point is, is that we have been given all of that by God and that we shouldn't use any of those things or abuse any of those things in the damage of nature, of the outdoors. We need to be stewards. I was driving a couple weeks ago down through Arkansas, and it was a drive that I used to love. And on this particular day, I wasn't really wanting to make the drive. The one thing I was looking forward to was how beautiful of a drive it is. You drive, it's down across the Buffalo River, up through the pines and the hills. And it has been several years since I've made this drive. And I was broken hearted, absolutely broken hearted. All I saw was a lack of stewardship and a complete mistreatment of the beautiful Ozarks and God's landscape. What I saw was Chinese privet dominated. Every edge row that I saw was full of Chinese privet. I saw cedar trees covering every mountainside. Any place there were pine trees left, they hadn't been managed at all. They'd all been cut out for money, and then all that was left was high stem count, little bean poles, one every foot, every two foot. How a person or an animal could even go out there and enjoy it anymore, I don't know. And it's just this is just what we're doing. And then we make a brand new highway, and we just cut it out, and we just leave these red clay we don't even replace with anything we just make our road and then just leave it cut out like i you don't build a house and not put trim up on the wall like why not replace a native species back there where we just cut out and it really broke my heart um and and there were some beautiful spots and some beautiful but overall compared to the way it looked like 20 years ago and maybe that's knowledge that i've gained i didn't know what i knew 20 years ago about what some of the invasive species were but man it People aren't taking care of it. And if we continue to do that across our country, we're going to continue to lose more native plants and animals. Um, But people have to care first before there's a change. Yeah, I mean, you covered all of there. I think the one piece I would add in to stewardship, um, I mean, yeah, this, this this may come across as wrong, but who cares? But you don't feel it is. That's why you're going to say it. Uh, Who cares about the outdoors? And I say that because people should always come first. And what's happening is that because we don't care for people, we absolutely don't care about the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And the moment if we were to truly get that right, like if we cared for people before we cared about any little puppy in his little cage that's like get into the PETA side of the world. Like if we put people first – and we did that correctly, then we would be better stewards of the land. We would want, we wouldn't be trying to blast more highways to fit more people in, to make a city even bigger and better and wider. Like, 
we've just gotten way out of touch with with what matters, what really yeah. matters, which truly is people, and then from people come the outdoors, and that's why I think Christian, it, it's it's set up correctly because as Christ followers, we are to to love people. That's it. Really, is that that's that's what Jesus told us to do. I mean, rebuke any false teachers, but love your people, like love them, and. When we start doing that, what's really cool is that then people are fulfilled to do what they want to go do. Like no longer do we just want to halfway build a road. We want to take those steps into making it better for us, we the people in the city um, that are living there, that are a part of it because we're doing it and we're working it because we want it better for us. But there's just so much neglect for people anymore, man. I think, and so, really, I think that's a, a really good point. And it, it's kind of almost an oxymoron that, to fix caring for nature, we have to care for people first. I do think you are spot on and 100% right. I do think that would be the fix and the cure. I think even taking it a little further to reshift that focus, uh, we need more Jesus. We need more Jesus. If you want people to care about people, then we need people to care about where people come from, and that's Jesus. And and that's a whole other road to yeah, go down, a twisted I mean, origin stories right, that we have let, now. Let me and, just say there, if— just because we have Jesus doesn't mean that this trash on the side of the road is going to be picked up by some miracle. No. Us Christians. We have to go do Jesus the Jesus followers. Yeah. We have to go pick up the trash. But yes. what happens is, is as more people start following Christ and we begin this unity as Christians together, working on the land, living where we live, not only would we want to go pick it up, but we quit throwing it out our windows. Yeah. We quit. Yeah. We, we stop letting it just blow out of the back of our truck because we have a deeper respect for not the land, but for our neighbors, yep. because they're going to have to go pick it up, and that's where that respect comes <clears> in. Or, or right now we have a lack of, and we yeah. we turn to we need to do it to make the outdoors better. That is a style. It does has that's not how it works. It isn't. I, th- I think you're spot on. And what I, word I, did I say? Clearly, 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 clearly isn't how it works. Well, clearly and truly, I think we're actually the two words I was trying to put together. Well, that's- Maybe you're on to something. Truly, truly, I say to you what the Bible said. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're on to something. I don't think you're going to find that word in the dictionary, but Speaking maybe tongues, we could get it added to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> or is there a is there a that's a, a redneck or rural dictionary? Maybe we should start that one. Yeah. You have a Jeff Foxworthy words in there. Which you did you? Which you did you? Yeah. <laughs> Some of those kind of words. Mm-hmm. I mentioned before I said that about stewardship. I mentioned that I had two things. It just really get under my skin mm-hmm. when I don't see them being adhered to. Outside of stewardship, the second one is ethics. Um, and man, I, in the hunting and fishing world, our default as humans, as sinners, is to do what we want. If I see a 200-inch buck and it's a day before season, well, I want to shoot it, right? I want Why to. Not? Why not? Why Season not? starts tomorrow. What's the difference if I shoot it today? Why not? You know what? The state is wrong by not having coyote season open during their breeding season. I'm going to shoot them because I think it's right. Yeah. It's it my gets land. under my skin. Nobody's going to tell me what to do with my land. I, from trot lines not having name tags on them, I mean, if you, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time at the lake or on a piece of property to find some kind of ethical 
regulation rule or something broken. You don't have to find it. And it goes beyond just the rules and regulations. But first and foremost, whether you believe the rule is right or wrong, you should follow it. Just because you don't know or have the understanding of why that rule is in place, I'm going to tell you I don't care. I don't understand why all the rules are in place, but you should follow them. And to people that go, don't go buy licenses, I own the animals. I don't need to buy a license. You ever heard that one? Mm-hmm. There are animals. What do I need to buy a license for? Well, your animals aren't going to continue to be around if the agencies that take care of them don't have any funding. The next thing you're going to be asking for, well, all the land is junk because there's no funding going into the land or there's no place for me to hunt because we don't have enough land. Well, if you're not buying your licenses, if you're not paying your taxes, if you aren't doing the things that you have been asked to do, then you're not going to have any of those things. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Whether you agree or disagree with the rule or regulation, humble yourself and admit that maybe you don't have the understanding. And secondly, even if you do have the understanding and they're wrong and you're right, God said that we should admit, submit to all authorities, that he has placed them all in the seat in the office that they are in. We didn't choose it. He did. And we are to submit to him. And we do that by submitting to those authorities. That's really good. Yeah, I, as you began talking about ethics, I kind of was trying to figure out in my head real quick, like what's the difference between morals and ethics? Um, well, uh, first and foremost, it, know the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Know what God asks of us as as people. Yep. And follow those first and then follow your rules and regulations. Right. And the only way you shouldn't follow a rule or regulation is if it's asking you to break one of the Ten Commandments. And if, if you have it prioritized like that, you're always going to be doing the right thing out there. Or not being able to go do what you're wanting to do. Or being prohibited from it, right. <laughs> yeah. You choose the other side. Choose the other. Um, no, that's really good. I think in, in the Sorry, ethical rant, side. Sorry, rant over. No, it's, it's just what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is Christian Outdoors, man. It's, it's why we're talking about this. It's it's time to really share like some of our, our experiences through how we feel. And this is currently how we feel. I mean, we are... We are in a broken world, and and the same goes for going out and hunting those deer or those turkey out of season or not tagging it. It really is just a disrespect to your neighbor. I I don't want to get into the politics on this. How about the corn pile that uh, in states here in Missouri we're not supposed to have them, and people throw them out. Yeah. Well, well, the state over has it. Every state around us has it. Why can't we? Yeah, but as a well, you don't. Right. And and back to your point of caring about people first. If you care that you're giving yourself an advantage and that your neighbor and his son may not have a fair chase this year because you put corn on the ground, then then you wouldn't put the corn there. If you cared at all, you wouldn't put the corn there. But we are always so worried about us. We're always so worried about ourselves that we just do whatever we want. And that is just an awful attitude. That's why we end up with invasive species. That's why we end up with vast populations and lakes that aren't doing so good because we only care about what we care about. Yeah, I'm going to add in the politics, though. So, you know, no. the conservative side. No, don't do that. You know, we truly say that we the people, as in, you know, who and I, you and I and a lot of our friends, most of our friends that we're close with, would definitely say that we need less government. That's, yeah. that's kind of our, our group. Now, we have friends that say we need more, and they want to... And then you have ones that play the fence. You have ones that say we don't need, uh, we definitely need less government, but then they perhaps are using the resources the government are giving, right? So <laughs> it's it's just it's, what happens. Okay, you're so right. with what I'm sharing here, though, our wildlife, 
or public lands are all managed by the government. I truly believe we need them to manage it because our farmers aren't going to. Well, let me. Yes, you're right. They're not. Look at they're, they're mad. Farmers are mad because I say, well, the turkey population is going because farmers aren't doing anything about it. Well, let's be honest. The government isn't always doing the right things with their wildlife and our lands populations, but more times than not, they are, and more times than not, they have more knowledge than you have. They're there's all kinds of money and research going in and it isn't all public or a lot of times we don't even put the effort in to go find out what they know even though it's public knowledge you just have to try to find it but if you go back and look at wildlife populations i mean pick the most common ones you want deer turkey bison elk black bear pick all of those big staple ones go back pre Government wildlife agencies and look at the numbers compared to now. Those animals were almost all completely gone. And I'm not saying like, I'm not exaggerating at all here. In Missouri, the state of Missouri, which now has 1.4 million white-tailed deer, we got down below 500 in the entire state. And that was in our grandparents' lifetime, Ben. Yep. Our grandparents' lifetime. Now we have 1.4 million. Well, you know what the change was? Government, wildlife agencies, rules, and regulations. So just to say it doesn't work and that it's it's a bunch of baloney and I'm going to do what I want and not follow it, well, now you look foolish because the statistics are pretty plain right there. You just haven't taken the time to look it up and, and find it out. Yeah, I mean, the people that are doing this work are are us. I mean, it. our government workers are we the people. And what's what's crazy in that though is that yeah, it's your neighbor. It is our neighbor next to you. But where we're broken with inside that is that you don't have departments working with other departments in our government, and that's what stinks so bad. Like um, here in Missouri, I think Missouri's um, Department of Transportation (MoDOT) should be working like hand in hand with whatever biologist you want to pick from uh, yeah. Missouri and Department of Conservation. Like that's such a good point. What plant species should we be planting? Maybe we wouldn't have Cerisa Lespedeza here right now. Right. And so they're not working together. So we have a group of citizens working for the citizens, but due to funding and perhaps really leadership or a lack of, we're not really working together. And that is where I get in the ethics side of, of that isn't ethics, man. That isn't good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is broken. Um, what we are, what we have now, uh, we have seen numbers grow. We have other areas that are starting to decline. So maybe it's ebb and flow. But, I don't but know. But to your point of it being broken, it will never be perfect. Yeah, correct. But to my point. Because of, Jesus is coming back, people. Because that's the whole is, point. And then it will be. If evolution was real, everything would be getting better and we wouldn't need Jesus. It, amen. And that ain't happening. I, so we'll digress It's getting there. worse. Yeah. But yeah. to my point about being an ethical outdoorsman, being an ethical Christian outdoorsman, if you're labeling yourself a Christian outdoorsman, Throw the ethics cape on because that is what Jesus was about is what I'm saying. Throw that on and knowing that we are currently, Jesus isn't here, the Holy Spirit is, and he's coming back again, that we are in brokenness yeah. and that it isn't going to be perfect. All you can do is worry about your part, which is being ethical, being an ethical hunter, being an ethical, ethical fisherman, being an ethical camper, leave no trace, doing the things that God said is right and following the rules and regulations because he also instructed us to do that. You can set the example and set the tone. It isn't ever going to be perfect, but you can do your part. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because the moment that I try to say that I'm serving someone else, honestly, I'm really doing it um, selfishly. And let me explain. <laughs> like, 
Another I, oxymoron from Ben Brandel today. My, uh, I always say, you know, leave it better than you found it. But the reason that I want to clean that area up is so that in the event that I am able to come back or I do come back, that hopefully it looks better than it did when I was there. Yeah. So I'm doing it because when other people go, I want them to have a better experience than what I had. However, I'm also really doing it so that when I come back, hopefully it's in better shape. Because I do understand if everybody pulled their own weight, if they cleaned up their own garbage, um, pretty simple. Whatever you take in with you, take out. Like, um, Take more. Leave it better than you found it. Leave it even better than you found it. Um, do that selfishly for yourself. Teach your kids to do that way. <laughs> to pick it all up, yeah. even if it isn't yours. Um, but in doing so, you're caring for the other people that are going to go experience it and don't mm-hmm. have to then clean up after pigs because people really are pigs um, and they need to clean up after themselves. Another aspect of being a Christian outdoorsman that I think of when somebody were to ask me, what is a Christian outdoorsman? It's something you and I did recently. Um, That's really just spending time in the outdoors with God. Reflection, prayer, whatever you want to call it. But getting away from this, the TVs, your dogs up there running. My dogs floor. running around the house, messing up a podcast. Like getting away from, and it sounds bad to say, but even getting away from your family. At the end of the day, the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Outside of your spouse, outside of your kids, outside of your smelly coworkers, outside of your passions. And I'm going to tell you, when you can disconnect and and push some of the distractions away. Even things you love in your life, the devil can use as distractions to mm-hmm. keep you from the Creator. And get out in creation. You, God made you. God made nature. You guys all go be together. There is a peace and there is a comfort that comes from that. Now, I will disclaimer that with, you don't always get the answers that you expect. You may not even get an answer at all. You and I recently, we fasted uh, 37 hours, water only. And, uh, man, that hurt. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't fun. It hurt. um, It could have been more painful, though. But what we intentionally did was we went to nature. Um, We are outdoorsmen. We are Christians. We felt like that's where we needed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did. We reflected and we prayed. and, And there was some peace and some comfort. There was no, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what? God came out of that cave and and he told me what I needed to do next. He didn't. But he did remind me, he did remind me that sometimes I get way too worried about the things that are not important and that I tend to focus more on what I want than what he wants and that he is faithful and that no matter where you're at in life, whether it's a hard time, a great time, that time is going to pass and there's going to be change and there's going to be a new time. Where we are at on the continuum of the universe and the earth that he created, it's going to change. He's going to come back. He's going to make it new. He promises it. He says it. In, his word says it, so I believe it. Mm-hmm. And so I challenge you, you have to be intentional. It isn't just going to happen. Carve out some time. Go someplace in nature where it's just you and go with the intent. You know, that day, Ben, you wanted to bring, I forget if it was a gun or a bow or no, something. I wanted to bring my recurve. And yeah. I said, no, Ben, I'm going with the intent 
of speaking to God and listening to God. I don't want to have any any distraction that's there. So do that. Go with the intent. The purpose of why you're going out there is for reflection and prayer. Um, and you might be amazed at what he says to you and, and how you feel. I think I'll add in here that to you, uh, you know, first, if you've never done it, do it in your house. Um, start there first. But the reason we say get in the outdoors is because the limiting of distractions. Um, yeah, you may hear that pop or crack if you're scared of the outdoors and think, oh, is that a bear, a wolf, a snake? You know, you may have those kinds of distractions. However, you have more distractions in your life when you stay within your normal daily living community in your house, your routine, your car, and all of that. And that's why it's it's really awesome to to pick a day and go to a well, public park, uh, park the car, get out of that. Perhaps you take your cell phone, but power it down, keep it completely off, and then experience um, God experience. in his creation. Experience, right? like, good word. Like, yeah, don't. There may be some distractions, but they're distractions that will actually pull you closer into Him than, oh, I just got an alert for Facebook that mm. Mary Sue wants to be yeah. my friend, and I'm like, I don't even know Mary Sue. Right, then you go spend 15 minutes trying to figure out how you know Mary Sue or yeah. how Mary Sue wasted my yeah. time, my life. Oh so. yeah, she's my grandma. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, though, like that's what the outdoor is to me. It, but if if you have never seek God that way. Uh, do it at home first. Mm-hmm. Do it at home. And then your next time, then then go take it to the wood line somewhere. You know, I wanted to take my bow and arrow because there is this feeling that I get when I, I'm just out there just exploring and experiencing God's creation. Like, I wasn't there to hunt, but I wasn't there not to hunt. If the opportunity was there, then I could do it. Matter of fact, it was fine not taking the bow and arrow, but I still took my ferro rod and we still made a fire and some people could say, well, making a fire is a distraction because you keep adding wood and you keep blowing on it. But it wasn't. So whatever you need or don't, I mean, if you're with somebody and they don't want you, then don't do it. Don't don't take those things. You don't need to serve them in that moment. But the fire could have been a distraction for us, but it wasn't. It was just a time to be in God's present, present listening. Because um, yeah. for me, just sitting still doing we, nothing. When we, we pulled work. out God's words, so that would be something I would add is, is take the Bible with you. Take yeah, we a, did that. Yeah. And I'm going to say not your phone. Take a Bible, a tangible with a front cover, back cover, and 66 pay, uh, books with all the pages in between. Take that with you. Yeah. Um, his word is living. It's alive, and it can change you. So take that with you and read that in creation. Um you you may find yourself so relaxed that that you fall asleep and you take a nap leaning up against a tree. Do that. That's probably what you need. But go out there and and spend some time as a Christ follower and outdoorsman. Just the three of you, His creation, you and Him, and it's it's a powerful thing. He'll probably lead you someplace you didn't think you were gonna go. Um, we took a wrong turn. Wouldn't say it wasn't really a wrong turn. He guided us a different way than we thought we were going. Well, the, and we ended story, up in the most beautiful to, spot. Yeah, we needed to get back faster than we had planned. Yeah, and um, we're kind of we're trying to hit this shortcut, and I missed the shortcut. And we were actually going to go the full, full route, which would have possibly made me late. So, um, very thankful that somebody made a shortcut in the middle of that trail. So, <laughs> thanks for serving uh, other people so that we had that service to use, but. It did lead to a really cool place that you and I are going to, when it warms up, uh, when it gets up into the 90s where we can swim, definitely going to go take the kids yeah. and check it out. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, you know, 
the last thing that I would say as a Christian and as, as an outdoorsman would be that there needs to be this integration of your Christian values. I shouldn't say your Christian values. Please, please go by God's Christian values. That's another area I think we go so wrong today. Um, we make our own idols and our own God. We we start putting Christian values, quote unquote, into our repertoire of what we're following, and is isn't even in Scripture, or it's Scripture that's twisted. But read the Word and, and look out. Look at what God says is the way Christians should live. And live that out. Live that out as an outdoorsman. Live it out at the boat ramp. Live it out at the gas station when you're getting your coffee on the way to your tree stand. Live it out on social media, for goodness sake. Live it out on the way you're portraying how you're treating your animals. Don't put videos up of throwing bass six feet in the air. Don't put videos up of throwing bass from the front deck of the boat into the live well in the back deck of the boat. Don't put videos up of people shoving your hind ends into a deer's face after you harvested it. Live out being a Christian with respect. Think about how Jesus would have treated these animals. And don't say, oh, he, would, he wouldn't have killed them. The Bible says, don't call anything unclean that Christ has made clean. So I've, I think we're perfectly right with our well, dominion I mean, to harvest God the animals. Father was the first one to, to slay an animal. He made clothing for... Adam yes, and Adam and Eve. Yep, he's the first. Sac- he made the first sacrifice. So. But my my point is, yeah. that as an outdoorsman and as a Christian, you have justification. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> li- live out Christian life in the outdoors. Live it out. Integrate your passions together and, and live them out. Um, and, and see, and see what kind of ministry that turns into. See who you can lead through Christ through genuinely living out Christ's values. And your outdoor passions. I got to share this right here, though. This is what started the podcast for me. And that, let me say it this way: in the start of the podcast for this episode, this is where I was at internally. You're, you're calling and you're saying to people, "Hey, um, if you're a Christian, then do the Christian thing." That's the issue that I'm finding in my walk with Christ, and the issue is that I want to be more like Him. In order to do that, I have to knock off the stupid childish crap that I do. No longer can I go out and do the stupid things that I used to do for views, for social media, for fun, for laughter. Like, you have to die to that stuff. Well, it, you can still have fun as a Christian. Don't... Did I say it wrong again? Well, No, you just kind of made it sound... You oh. can still have fun Yeah, being as a, a Christian, Christian is fun. However, I can't do the stupid things I used to do right. um, to try to get laughs and make money at it. So... Just because it is something that is funny may not be Christ-like to do. May not be ethical. And you're going to have to die to that. You're going to have to stop doing that. You know, That's what I'm trying to share here. Like, As you die to yourself every day in order to, to be more Christ-like, to serve him and, and be as he's calling us to be, um, you, you'll want to and should stop throwing bass uh, into your libel, which right. is possibly going to kill them. Like, is it a, is it, Was it a fun game and all that? Yeah, but not doing that anymore doesn't make it not more fun so but but see again the root of that yeah you were completely disrespectful to the fish and to god for the way you treated his creation yeah but you did not care what that video says about other people who are ethical and treat fish the right way you didn't care about what that says about bass fishermen you just cared that it got you a million views yeah 
And, so and, and if I wasn't the root is Jesus, caring about people again. Yeah, correct. If I wasn't living for Jesus, then I would absolutely go back to doing that. I would do any of those things because what does it matter? Firecrackers and frogs mouths. Like yeah, I mean we used to blow up pre Christ. We did that stuff, but yeah, we don't now. And people shouldn't be, and and by all means, you definitely shouldn't be videoing it and putting it up online. Hey, look at how disrespectful I am. Why is that cool? And, and I'll give a shout out to today's generation that keep hanging tough and strong. Um, you know, when we were when Brian and I were kids, we couldn't really record that kind of stuff and post it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> thankfully, yeah. Because um, you, you can't go back to our high school Facebook posts and get us in trouble. No, because they're not there. <laughs> no. So, so you know, those that have been living outside of Christ and put all that up and then have given their life to Christ and have to now surrender to that and work through that and heal through that. Um, man, stay strong, stand firm. There will be days that aren't fun that's tough that you're going to have to battle through. Like, that's just the point. You will have to battle through it um, until his return or until your yeah. end of your days. But And do remember, and, and I think most Christians do, but try to always keep the mindset that nature, animals, plants, fungi, insects, they are gifts. They're yeah. gifts from God. Whether they can sting you, bite you, harm you or not, they are gifts to appreciate. And try to find that perspective when you are experiencing or observing something in nature. Go out and view it as a gift. Give that admiration. You can worship your way out of whatever hole you're in. Worship your way out of it. If if you're at a bad point in life and you're going out in creation, worship your way out of that. And you do that by appreciating everything that he has created and trying to find a reason to be in awe. And when you do look for those reasons, you're going to be amazed at what you find. Uh, but it, if you're if you're a Christian outdoorsman, I just encourage you to spend more time outdoors. If you are not a Christian and you have made it this far into our, let's see here, our, our Boom. long podcast, kudos to you. Um, that took some courage, and, and I appreciate that so much. What I would say to you um, as a non-Christian, whether you're just thinking about it, popping the door open on it, somebody's praying for you. If you're having those feelings, God's working in your heart if you're even thinking about Christianity and what it all means, um, and he's going to continue to do that. What you have to understand is what Ben's talking about, uh, uh, doing all these right things and dying to yourself, those are important to do after you give your life to Christ. Those things are important to do because it glorifies God the Father, Jesus the Savior, the Creator. It glorifies him. But before you give your life, there really isn't a point in doing all those things because who are you giving glory to? You're living your life for yourself, and you're going to find yourself in a dark, deep state, uh, in a really dangerous place in your life because what you have to understand is you know you've lied, you've stolen, you've cheated. Go read the Ten Commandments. You've probably done. I'll, I'll speak for myself. All of the Ten Commandments, I've broken them all, all ten of them. There isn't one that I haven't, by biblical standards. By biblical standards. By biblical yes. standards. The murder one would be that hatred towards. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I hope. And because of, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And because yeah. of that, because of that, my destiny was hell, 100%. Yeah. If God is the judge, and he is, well, I would go stand before him, and he listed these lists. It's only 10 things. And he would say, which ones have you broken? I'd have to look at him and say all of them. Well, where is he going to send me? Obviously, 
hell. But if you are not a Christian, what you have to understand is all you have to do, you don't have to do anything Ben's talking about. You don't have to do all the right stuff. You don't have to change actually at all. Not even 1%. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change. All you have to do is say, you know what? I do need a Savior. I messed up. I messed up. I did I did do all those things. Whether it's ten, all 10 or just one of them. And all you have to say is, Jesus, I believe you were on this earth. You died on this cross. That you were buried. And the reason you gave your life was for me. And that three days later, he rose again. And that it is finished. That when you put that on, when you acknowledge Jesus Christ, 100% real as our Savior, God can no longer see the Ten Commandments that you've broken. He sees Jesus. And what a miracle, the miracle of all miracles that is. And you will have a different peace in your life. Yeah, you're going to go through bad times still. You may get cancer. Your loved ones are going to die. Bad stuff is still going to happen, but you will now have a peace that no matter what happens, you will stand before God justified because Jesus paid the price for you. They, he literally been carried a tree from creation that he planted mm -hmm. with thorns that he created, stabbing him in the head, mm -hmm. up a hill, let them. He's mm -hmm. God. He could stop anything. He yep. let them smash spikes through his bones and flesh into this wood yep. and then erect this wood. And then he just hung there. Mm-hmm. He could have he could have just spoke a word and been off there. Yeah. Hung there and then let him stab him in his side with a spear so that his insides could flow out so that we knew that that blood flowing out covered your junk and my junk forever. Mm -hmm. You'll never do it all right, Ben. You will never do it all right no matter how hard you try to die to yourself and do all the right things to glorify him. You are going to mess up today. Yes, sir. But it doesn't matter because you have put on Jesus Christ. He loves you and you love him. And that is all any of you listening or watching this have to do. Um, and he is the creator of the outdoors. Well, be curious. You just have to accept the gift. You have to accept you the gift. You can refuse a gift just like If you deny today, it, he will like, deny you. Yeah. And that is, it isn't a place you want to be. Accept the um, gift. Um, there, there's so much more to say, but there's nothing more important to say. That is the most important yeah. words that could ever be spoken on earth. So, And, and no, that's the gospel message. Yeah, uh, that is the gospel, yeah. People are used today of like, well, the modern gospel, the gospel message hasn't changed. That's it, and that's what's going to continue from here yeah. on out. That's no, the nothing, nothing modern about what I just said. It's It's been written, documented for a long, long time, and it yeah. hasn't changed. And um, please know that, I mean, that is, that is the crazy part. Um, sin... Because we sin, the wages of sin is death, and we are all going to die, whether that be through cancer, whether that be through a car crash, whether that be through any of these means. Um, that's happening, and that's what I'm trying to share as well, that um, it's for the end. Uh, this this salvation is for when we um, when our days are over. Yeah. And we don't know when that is, right? We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Mm -hmm. um, but in the meantime, once you have given your life to Christ— I just want to encourage you that there are other people that are struggling every single day, even though they have Jesus. Yeah. And I just want to yell that loud because sometimes I have lived where I'm like, you know what? I've been in this state where I'm like, you know what? I'm probably the only Christian right now that truly loves God and knows that when I die, I'm going to heaven uh, because of exactly <laughs> what you said. I'm the only one that feels like, you know what? Life sucks. Like, this is terrible. This is not fun. I'm here to tell you, 
there a are a lot of Christians way. out there feeling that way. You're not the only one. If you do need uh, just somebody to talk to, we'd love for you to reach out. Well, let me say this. For whatever reason you listen to the podcast today, watch the podcast on YouTube, however you consumed it. Whether you're a regular listener, this is the first time you you just saw a short video or a reel and you thought, oh, I'll give that a try. Whatever reason you came here today, I think you came here for a reason. I do think you should know uh, when we when I made this outline for this podcast, we, we thought of this topic. Um, it wasn't meant to be uh, as heavy as it ended up being today. But I do think um, that's probably because somebody is listening, um, that God really needed to hear his words through us today and that the Holy Spirit put kind of a heaviness but it was a heaviness uh, with good news. So thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode. Please, whether Christian or not Christian, take a moment to think about what Jesus really did. Think about what you've really done and what you really need. Think about the outdoors and why you love the outdoors. Think about spending more time in the outdoors. Take a moment to just think about some of our words we said today because they weren't really our words. They're from the Holy Spirit. Um, we're so thankful to be children of God. We're so yes. thankful to have our salvation. You, um, and we will we, yeah. we will share it um, as much as we can and with whoever we can until Jesus brings us to heaven upon his return or, or our end of our time here on earth. So again, thank you so much for watching and listening. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, we have all of those accounts if you want to follow along. Uh, YouTube now is up. We're putting videos up of each episode each week and then we take some, some shorter clips People like to consume shorter these days. We've been making some shorter clips of the podcast as well if you want to follow along on YouTube. Whatever podcast platform you listen on, please follow along. Uh, hit the automatic download so you get every single episode. That way when you do get a moment to listen, it's right there. You don't have to have that burdensome time of waiting for the download to happen. Yeah. If you do feel so inclined for any reason, we need financial support. I'm just going to be honest with you. We need help. We need support financially. The best way to do that is to find the link in our bio on Facebook and Instagram. It's a Linktree link. You can click on the Patreon button once you click on that link. Uh, we we're, we don't ask for much, either $5, $10 a month uh, or, or even $25 a month. And we'll send you a hat if, you, if you're if you that generous to go for the $25. But yeah, whether, whether you uh, just want to listen or whether you want to give financially, we appreciate you. We hope that you have a blessed rest of your week. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. We hope that between now and that time, you remember you are meant to be outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.